Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Hey, everybody. We're here with another episode of Females on Fire, and today is going to be a good one because this is definitely something that I know every entrepreneur and business owner is trying to make happen. So I am really excited to chat today with Rachel Gilliam. And she is an email marketer, and she's going to be giving us all of her advice about email marketing, what it is, how to use it, and all of her expertise. So, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited about this one. Thank you for having me. I, I'm so excited. Email is definitely my jam. I am like the typical email marketing nerd, so I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, first off, just tell everybody who you are and where you came from. How did you get into email marketing and how has it grown for you in the time that you've been doing it? Yeah, so I went to um, college, West Texas, majored in marketing, and I had a recruiter for a company in Dallas on site at our campus. And I was initially um, interviewing for an internship and then the interviewer was like, why don't you just come on full time instead of, you know, wasting all of these, these months and just come on, um, as a full-time employee. So I joined this program called the college recruit program and you get to pretty much hop around this company and get to learn about each division that makes up the company. And so at the end of, I think it was like a eight or 12 week program, we got to sit down with each of the directors, kind of make a decision on where we saw ourselves growing. And I had the biggest attraction to the email marketing team. I loved the boss. I loved the work that I would be doing. And the rest is kind of history from there. So I was working, um, the company was pretty much an end-to-end e-commerce solutions company, but within that they had a digital agency. So that's where I was working. And I'm this like 20 year old, fresh out of college, and I'm managing email programs for these big industry leading companies. I was working on Starbucks store, Delsey luggage, I did some work with Procter and Gamble. And if you can imagine um, my very first client meeting, I'm sitting at the table, like all of my limbs are shaking. I'm so nervous. So it's been cool six years later to see how, you know, email marketing has changed. Yes. But how I've changed and how I've been able to influence these programs. So since then getting my start at an agency, I kind of transitioned and have hopped around to different companies, but, you know, kept the same groove of just influencing these customers with custom email marketing strategy and advancing technology and just being able to get placement in inboxes and make sales based off of, you know, how those emails are converting. So I probably sound like a nerd right now. It's because I am. I've been doing it for quite a few years now and it's become truly a passion. Um, Probably last year, I will admit I was getting a little frustrated and Um, wanted to kind of venture out. I was like, all I really know is email. And um, I wanted to kind of expand my skill set. And then 
I had a really enlightening call with my business coach and mastermind um, guru. And she was like, girl, riches are in the niches. You need to stick with email because that's where everyone is moving, especially entrepreneurs. So I'm glad I did. I fell back in love with it. And, and here I am. I love that you kind of had that moment where you were like, maybe I should start something else. And then you're like, no, wait, this is what I love doing. That's so funny. Cause I feel like more often than not, people find their talents and their skills and their passions when they're kind of in a place where they're not sure what to do next. So I love that even though you really started out in a marketing space and you've done email marketing for so many years, you kind of had that aha moment where it was like, oh yeah, this really is what I love to do. And you just stuck with it. So that, that says something about how good at it you are. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's been, it's been a really, really good year. And, um, just recently, I guess over the past year, really taking what I've, I've learned and been able to implement for these corporate and enterprise enterprise clients and scaling it back and making it more accessible for everyone. So that's kind of how I got started with my own, I guess, email marketing or digital marketing um, boutique agency was taking these learnings and these findings and how can we make it applicable to these small businesses, these entrepreneurs, these one woman shows and um, growing these programs, not necessarily in these big corporate settings, but within ConvertKit or MailChimp or whatever the smaller businesses are using. Right. And I love this because I think right now, especially with, you know, small business owners and entrepreneurs, I think email marketing is like the big hot topic. Everybody's being told by influencers and gurus like, oh, you need to have an email list. You need to have an email list. And I think nobody, well, not nobody, but a lot of people just don't know what that looks like. They're not sure what to send. They're not sure how to set that up. And so that's why I'm really excited to have you on today and, and get your advice on all of these things. Cause email marketing is so complicated if you don't know what you're doing. So getting to get advice from an expert and somebody who really is passionate about it and loves it every day. That's just, I think going to be really, really helpful to all of our listeners. So we're definitely excited to have you and definitely excited to go ahead and dive into this world of email marketing. Woo, my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's start with something very simple. I know a lot of people listening to this are going to be like, oh my gosh, this is so basic. But for those people who are listening who aren't exactly sure what you mean when you say email marketing, maybe they understand what an email list is, but they're not 100% sure about the concept of marketing through email. Can you just kind of explain what email marketing is and then especially explain the benefit to why entrepreneurs, small business owners, companies in general should be doing it? Yes. And if you hear that question and you're thinking that is not basic to me, I still don't have a good understanding of what email marketing is. A quick backstory. When my friends first found out like what my official title was at my job, email marketing specialist, they're like, so you just, you sit and you deploy emails all day. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, in a sense, but it's, it's a little more complicated than that. So if you are like, I have no idea what that is, I'm going to try and make it as simple as possible. It's your way to communicate with your audience through an email channel. So you have these email service providers that are, you know, the MailChimps, the ConvertKits, just really any technology or tool that you can send um, massive amounts of emails out of. So it's not necessarily one-to-one, -one, it's one to your audience, which is where building an email list would come in. And 
it doesn't have to be super complicated. It's really just a communication channel where you have a lot more control of how your viewers are seeing your content. And so I hope that kind of explains it a little bit better, but it's, it's basically um, sending out these, either a newsletter or um, some type of weekly update or linking off to your blog or even your podcast with these email marketing um, communications. Right. Yeah, I definitely think that made it a little bit easier. And I'm glad you mentioned the word newsletter because I feel like that's the the keyword that everybody recognizes, right? So I feel like we talk about email marketing and people get a little confused about what that necessarily is, but everybody pretty much understands what a newsletter is. So I'm glad you threw that word in there because I think that makes it a lot easier to understand. Yeah. And if you look at your inbox, you are constantly getting emails from Old Navy, Loft, you know, Gap, Groupon probably emails me about 17 times a day. That is email marketing. You know, they're trying to get in front of you and it's a lot more strategic than I think people think on a, on a grander scale. You know, obviously we're not expecting a solopreneur to be um, this technologically advanced, but if you think about a company that has access to all of your purchasing behavior, um, how you interact with their website, they're able to create these emails that basically are a way to convert you based off of how you've previously interacted with their content. Right. So let's kind of dive in just to the beginning stages of that. So you mentioned those providers like MailChimp, ConvertKit. Do you have one in particular that you recommend or maybe even more specifically, is there certain things that you feel like people should look for when choosing their provider? So if you know, if I go to sign up and I have no idea what I'm looking at, I don't have an email list to start. What am I looking for? Because those providers are all going to throw a lot of terms at me that I maybe don't understand. So what do you recommend that people should be looking for and how do they decide which one to sign up with? Of course. So this is pretty basic and I feel like all of your out of the box email service providers will have this, but you want it to be able to integrate with your website. So if I'm on my site, I have a pop-up, I want to be able to take those email addresses and they're automatically being imported into my list. That's like the basic thing. I think you'd be hard pressed right now with just where we're at in 2019 to find one that's not doing that, but that's a really good starting place. And as far as like ones that I would suggest, I, I was a MailChimp for several years and I, I recently made the switch to ConvertKit, and I mean super recently, probably three months ago. And no disrespect to MailChimp, if you're in it, I think it's great. I have clients that work in it, and I, I, really, I really enjoyed it. But just the way that my business was moving and the automations and things that I wanted to be running, I felt like ConvertKit was a better fit for me. I think that MailChimp is a really good, um, a really good starting place. And I feel like some businesses are other people are going to listen to this and be like, I'm in MailChimp and it works perfectly. It's, it's really what you're using it for. And I needed a lot more, um, just plain text, one-to-one communications, creating these automations and sequences, which we can kind of dive into what those are also if need be. Um, and ConvertKit was a better fit for me. I think MailChimp does a really great job of um, helping you make your emails pretty. They're also, integrate really well with Facebook ads, landing pages, and just different touch points that you can have with your customers. So that's a really big win on their part that ConvertKit doesn't necessarily have. So I think you need to just kind of sit down. And if you're a planner like I am, and you kind of have this 
vision of where you see your business going for the year. You know, I want to run more ads or I want to be doing more of this. I want to be sending more targeted emails based off of that, which platform is going to enable you to do that. I felt like for me, that was ConvertKit, but I could see it. I could see it either way for, um, for each audience. And I know there are a lot of resources online. I think ConvertKit even has one of like, if you're switching from MailChimp to ConvertKit, here's, here's what you can expect. And here's why we're better. Of course, it's going to be super biased, but there are other, um, non-biased opinions of what you're looking for and which email service provider can best serve you. Cause there's, there's some really good ones out there outside of those two, but those are kind of the main ones in this space right now. Yeah. I love that idea of planning out kind of where you see your business going and basing it off of that. Because like, for example, I use MailChimp even still, and I've been in business for years, but I'm not sending like the types of emails necessarily that some other businesses similar to mine are. So MailChimp just works for me, like you said, but so many of my friends and colleagues, they use ConvertKit or Infusionsoft or whatever, because they need a bunch of different lists or a bunch of sequences and automations and all those things. And I'm like, oh, my basic automations are fine for what I'm doing. So, <laughs> so I'm like a diehard MailChimp user and I love it. But so I love that idea of just finding kind of what works, you know, best for you and your business. Cause I think like you kind of mentioned, it's going to be a little different for everybody, but that's a good, a really good starting place. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. So from there, you're setting up a list. What's kind of your advice on how to get people on that list? Do you have any methods? Do you have any tactics that you've seen implemented in an email marketing strategy that really work? I know a lot of people like use an opt-in or things like that, but can you just kind of talk about what you've seen work and what you've seen really not work and what your advice is for really starting to grow that list? Yeah. So basic 101, every entrepreneur should be doing this is having a pop-up on your website. And I'm sure there are some SEO experts that might be listening. They're like, no, that's not what you want to do. But it is my, uh, my pop-up right now is converting at 65%, which means basically if a hundred people come to my site, 65 people are signing up for my email list. And that's insane to me. And I think that it's just such an easy way. If you're really targeted with like the content that you're sending out, where you're promoting it, people are going to be gravitating towards your site. Why not collect their email addresses while you're doing it? So that's something that is so easy to set up. It's, it's easy in MailChimp. It's super easy in ConvertKit. Um, I don't know about co the constant contacts or Infusionsofts, but I can imagine it's a really simple process as well. Um, so that's like 101. Do that today. Do not pass go. You can even use a basic template that's within those different ESPs to get that set up. And it directly integrates back to, um, back to your account. So it's, it's a, such a hands-off way to collect those email addresses. Um, you can incentivize with an offer if you have a course or um, a service, you know, you can incentivize with even a freebie, you know, enter your email address and download my guide on how to get started with email marketing, you know, things like that to really get people to want to sign up. I will say some other really cool things I'm seeing right now are lead generation quizzes. I've been working on a couple of these for my clients and they're, they're super fun, interactive, and it's not necessary. I feel like everyone has a freebie right now. No disrespect. I'm working on one too, but quizzes kind of gives the power back to the person that, you know, you want on your email list. It's like, 
answer these seven questions and I'm going to tell you something really cool about yourself that you probably need to help grow your business. And so I'm looking at that and I'm like, yeah, I do need to know what I need to grow my business. So I'm more enticed to want to fill that out and get those results. And in that process, you collect the email address, you're able to send them the results and then kind of be in a position where you can continue on that conversation. Um, some other cool things, you know, video series are really popular right now. We know video is king. They say everything's going to be video in 2020. I predict it'll probably be by this summer, actually. So um, any type of video content that you can put out there and collect email addresses for them to have access to, that's a really good option. Um, those would be, I guess, like the main three. If you are a Facebook ads or Instagram ads guru, um, Facebook has made it really easy to have these lead generation ads. So you can um, have them where you're, where you're setting them up and kind of same process where it's, you know, into your email address and you'll get this, except it's more of a, a paid approach. So you're, you're targeting the customers that you want to see your content. Right. Those are all great options. So I love, I think we all hear opt-in and that's all we really know about. So not a lot of people think about the quizzes or the video series, or if you have sort of like a five-day course or something like that. I, I don't think people really always think of the many different options that you can go with it. I think everybody's so focused on, I've got to create an opt-in. Okay, what is an opt-in? I guess it's a freebie. So I'll create a freebie. And like you said, everybody's doing freebies and I've got like three different ones on my website. So yeah. nothing against freebies at all. But um, yeah, I think like you said, the the quizzes are definitely coming up and, and video especially is, is taking over the world. So if it you can is. do something with those, I think you're a whole lot better off than just sort of a more basic freebie. So I love those recommendations. Those are great. Yeah, it's a good way to think outside of the box. And if you're kind of listening and that sounds really daunting still, my basic pop-up on my website, it just says subscribe to my newsletter and get weekly inspiration sent to your inbox. There's no freebie. There's no video series. I do have other automations that run off of those types of things, but just when you come, that's, that's all you get. So, you know, I'm a big person of like, start scared, start simple. And that's why I was like, if you can do nothing else today, go into your account and just set up this pop-up, even if you don't have a freebie in place, because someone's going to sign up. And even if you get just one email address today, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so true too. Because I feel like we're also focused on, you know, okay, well, it's got to be this really intricate, detailed, well-designed, complicated thing. And most of the time it's like, just, just get started, just do it, whatever it is, just make it happen. So I love that you mentioned that about it doesn't have to be complicated. You can just say, Hey, subscribe to my newsletter. Cause I think sometimes we overcomplicate things a little too much as business owners. Oh yeah. So how often do you recommend sending emails to your list? Is there a magic number or does it depend on kind of what type of business you're in? What's the, the strategy there? What do you recommend to your clients? Is it just about should you do it monthly or weekly? Or is it more about like, oh, you should do it when you have something to offer or when you have a new whatever. So what's your recommendation for that? I feel like this is going to be such a cop-out answer, but it really will depend on like what type of business you're running, what type of content you're putting out there. So I send out a weekly newsletter every Friday to my audience. And it's usually, it's 
it is exclusive content that you cannot read anywhere else. And that's like my way of just making them feel special and how, like showing them how grateful I am that they've chosen to be a part of this little tribe and online community that I've got going. But I've seen, I follow someone that I absolutely adore and she, you're not going to believe this. She sends an email out every day. It's called the Maddie minute and it takes about a minute to read through and it's just like daily inspiration and it it takes less than a minute to read. So it's super simple and it's just a a cute and quick way for her to engage with her readers. And so I, like, I'm, I imagine it's working really well because she's still doing it. (laughs) So, um, but I think a good way to gauge this is I would never suggest monthly if you are a content creator just because think about how many emails that you get every single day if you're wanting to stand out in the inbox you know definitely show up when you have something to say and you have value to offer but if you can get in that inbox on a weekly basis that's that's a really good thing but at the same time don't waste people's time if you don't have anything like compelling to say or any value to add to their inbox just table it for a week, you know? So I think a couple of different ways to gauge this is looking at your engagement. Every single ESP is going to show you open rate, how many people are opening your emails and then click through rate, how many people are clicking through. So if you start to see those numbers decline, you know, you're probably either not sending relevant content, not, or sending too much, you know, they're, they're just being inundated with, with the content that you're sending out. So kind of look at the numbers, fill out your community and get a, a feel for it. Right. Let's dive into that for just a second. Cause you mentioned those numbers and I just want to kind of briefly touch on those analytics. Cause I feel like, you know, if people get their email lists set up and they're starting to see those numbers grow a little bit and they're sending out the emails, but maybe they've gotten to a place where they're not really sure if it's working or not. So Can we just sort of talk about those analytics and what are they supposed to be looking for? So you mentioned an open rate and a click-through rate. Can you just sort of define those terms and maybe talk about what they should really be looking for to know that the emails are actually being successful? Yeah. So your open rate is basically um, the amount of emails that were delivered to the inbox divided by how many unique opens. So I could go back into this email and open it 12 times, but since I'm one person, that's one unique open. So if I send out hundred emails, 20 people open them, I've got a 20% open rate. And I feel like people are probably like, duh, Rachel, but I want to like make this as simple and as understanding as possible. So that way people are tracking with me. Um, but so that's an open rate. And I think that for, um, entrepreneurs, you know, the solo businesses staying around 25 to 35% or even higher, you know, some people just, they've really targeted their list. They've got great content. You can see 40% and higher. Um, I think the smaller your list, the higher open rate is going to be. So as you start to grow and my list has been growing quite a bit and I've noticed that my open rate has declined a little bit. I'm right around 26 or 27%. And I'm okay with that because I know my list is growing and that's okay. But let's say that it was growing and I dropped down to like 15%. I really need to start to take a look at the content that I'm sending out and maybe start to, you know, this is going to sound counterintuitive to what we just said, but maybe I shouldn't be sending emails to my full list because they're not engaged with the content that, that I'm producing for whatever reason. So trying to figure out that balance and then click through rate, same thing. It is the um, amount of emails that were delivered divided by unique clicks. 
Um, and I think it just depends. Some people send the types of emails where it's just a long letter to your readers. There's nothing to click off of. That's fine. I think that we should always be trying to drive traffic to our sites or get a sale or something. So link off to any type of content that you have. So that way you're driving those clicks and engagements and, and interactions with your brand. Right. So there's definitely a strategy to it for sure. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it's a balance for sure. And there's, there's a definite strategy, but you know, looking at the content that you're sending, making sure it's relevant and that it's true to brand. You know, I don't, I don't want anyone to send out anything just to get it out there. Okay. Rachel sends an email once a week. So I'm going to just put it out into the universe and it doesn't even align with like your business or what you're trying to accomplish. Definitely. I think that kind of leads me into the next question. And I think this is probably, at least for our listeners, because they're small business owners and entrepreneurs, I think this is probably going to be the biggest question that they have about email marketing. How do you know what to send? So, you know, we hear so often, like you can't just sell constantly. You've got to give a little more and provide freebies or, you know, resources or whatever but we also want to promote our own stuff. So how do you know, you know, you mentioned don't send anything if you don't have anything to say or any value to offer, but how do we really come up with what's okay to promote? What's okay to send in an email? How do you really create a strategy for the content that you're creating with email marketing? Yeah, that's a really good question. So kind of a rule of thumb and you can adjust these numbers, however, like however will fit your business. But if I'm sending out an email once a week, I make sure that three or yeah, once a week. So I make sure that three of those emails in that month are just relationship building. Here's what's going on. I was featured on this podcast. Um, I have, I share, I was a part of this series. Um, I'm reading this book right now. Sometimes I share like book recommendations. And then on that fourth email in that month, I've taken that relationship and I'm like, okay, here's a new service that I'm offering. I would love for you guys to be a part of it and offer feedback. Here's how you sign up. So that's a really good cadence and kind of workflow to, to work from. And I've heard this from someone else. So I'm not going to kind of steal this, but one thing is to think about it as this really long welcome sequence. Like it shouldn't feel like, okay, I've put them through this kind of lead nurturing or relationship building um, three email welcome series. And now I'm just going to sell, sell, sell. It should still kind of feel that way where you're getting to know each other, your share, which sounds so intimate. You're going on a date together, but it is a relationship. <laughs> like you want to add value to them and not even necessarily like adding value where I'm going to sell you this course, but here's some really cool things that I got to work on with my clients this week. Here's what we're working through. Here's a challenge that we faced. And here's how we work through it, you know, just kind of some of that behind the scenes and things that you're working on, things that are getting you excited, things that stood out to you. It should, in my opinion, feel like a really, uh, really cool conversation just with your, with your readers. And I personally don't think that we have to reinvent the wheel. I do have exclusive content for, um, for my readers, but at the same time, you know, repurposing some blog posts or linking off to them. If you've got a podcast, send a dedicated email that there's a new podcast that's podcast episode that's live. There are so many small ways to promote your content and that doesn't even require a purchase. That's just keeping them informed of what's going on with your brand. And that's how you add value. Yeah, definitely. I think it always comes back to that, right? Repurposing content and just making 
you know, putting things out there that, you know, you're probably going to be able to use again. So even if it's just like an Instagram post or like you said, a blog post or a podcast episode, just being able to kind of reuse those things over and over again, I think that's what really gives you a lot to work with, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And even if you don't want to link off to a podcast, recap that episode and make that an email series, you know, because there's chance, like there's probably overlap. But if you've been podcasting for a year or two, go back to some of those beginning episodes and make that into a newsletter, you know, or into an update that you're going to send out to your audience. Yeah, definitely good advice for sure. So you mentioned a welcome sequence. Can we just kind of touch on that for a second? What, you know, what is that for anybody who's not really sure what a welcome sequence is, but especially how do you craft a good one? Is there, in your opinion, a certain amount of emails that should go into it? Is there a certain strategy that you should kind of put in place? I mean, are you, are you trying to really get to know your audience more? Are you trying to let them get to know you more? Are you trying to promote something? I, I feel like a lot of people aren't really sure what the welcome sequence is supposed to be. So can you just kind of give your advice on that? Yeah. So first unpacking that, let's talk about what is a welcome series. So we talked about, or even a welcome email for that matter. We talked about having those pop-ups or those lead generation um, type quizzes or freebies. Once you get those email addresses, it's kind of like a now what? So you can set up automations within any ESP that as soon as a contact is added to that specific form or that specific opt-in, they are going to receive a welcome email from you. And it's, it's basically an introduction to your brand. It could be a, a subscription confirmation if you're like, hey, sign up to receive these 10 tips on how to do X, Y, Z. And then the email could be as simple as, you know, we've received your subscription or, you know, confirming that and then diving into it from there. As far as like a welcome email or a welcome series, it's, I would say um, one to three emails, sometimes more. Again, a lot of people right now are kind of leaning towards this approach that your entire email series should feel like a welcome series. So one to three emails or more that just gives them a really good overview and introduction into who you are first and foremost, what you do, and then how you'll be showing up in their inboxes, how you're going to be adding value to them, really just reinforcing that relationship. And I like to think of email again, as like this real life interaction that you're having with someone okay, I meet you, I give you my number, and then we never really talk again until you're ready to sell me something. If that's like cringy, you want to keep the relationship and the conversation going. So Welcome Series really allows you to do that to help just explain who you are, what you're up to, where they can find you is a really good one too. Like, okay, you opted on my website and you know I'm also on Instagram and YouTube. So things like that to really just build out that relationship. I think it always comes back to that, just making sure that you're providing that value to your audience and really getting them the resources that they're looking for. Because I know any, you know, you mentioned Old Navy or Gap or, or things like that earlier, you know, you're subscribing to those newsletters because you love what they have to offer. And I know even with influencers or just people that I follow, I subscribe to their email list because I know they're providing resources or business tips or, you know, whatever motivation that I know I need. So I feel like just staying in tune with your audience is really the biggest part of 
having a successful email list and just knowing what it is they're looking for and what they need, you know, in that season. Yeah. It, it all comes back to just staying true. There's a reason why they opted in. There's a reason why they wanted to be a part of what you're doing. Don't deviate away from that. For sure. Well, this was really good, but do you have any last minute advice on just building out an email list strategy, anything that you feel like you wanted to add? Yeah. I mean, just building on what I said before, start scared, start simple. There are even parts of like my email automations and things that I'm doing that feel so simple, but they're working and that's okay. You know, eventually I can hire on this amazing designer that can take me to the next level. But for now, just starting where you're at is a good Thing. So you can look at who's doing what really, really well. But if you're a side hustler or new entrepreneur, just keep in mind that these people probably have teams and they've been doing this for years and they've probably invested $500,000 in Facebook ads alone last year. I heard that on a podcast the other day. I was like, cannot relate. So, you know, <laughs> start with where you're at and know that that's a good thing, you know, and of course you want to build it out. You want to always be improving, but don't count yourself out just because you don't have 10 automations and workflows and things like that ready to go. Definitely. That's really good advice. Really good advice. Cause I feel like, you know, just like you were saying, you don't know when people have teams or they've thrown a bunch of money into it and all of those things. And so I feel like we're constantly seeing that not just with email lists, with everything, but email lists, especially is a, a topic where I see that happening a lot where people are like, oh, well, this person sends weekly emails or gosh, you even said your, your friend sends daily emails. Like, I don't even know how she would do that. That's crazy. So, I mean, we just see these people that we look up to in business sending out weekly emails and they've got this much content and they're constantly doing this and we feel like we have to do it to keep up. So I love that advice of just, like you said, staying true to who you are and who your audience is and why they signed up and knowing that if that means sending one email every two or three weeks and having just that little bit of content, you know, every once in a while for them is good enough. And that's what you really feel like is best for you and your audience, then that's okay. So I love that advice. That was really, really good and a really good way to end this conversation for sure. So since it's the end of the episode, I do have a quick little lightning round that I normally do with our guests. And it's just some fun little lighthearted questions. So are you ready? I am ready. All right, let's do it. First question. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Uh, I'm not even like proud of this. I check my phone. <laughs> yeah, that's like the number one thing I do. And I like, I'm trying to break that habit. I even like sleep with my phone on airplane mode, but as soon as my eyes open, I'm grabbing that phone. Um, <laughs> but in my defense, I do also meditate shortly after that using the Headspace app. There so you go. I'll take that. There as a you win. go. Yeah. <laughs> you, you write yourself. It's okay. <laughs> I love that question because everybody always, I think feels so guilty when they answer it because they're always <laughs> like, Oh, I check my phone or, Oh, I, I take my dog out first because my dog rules the house or you know, like <laughs> those are the answers we always seem to get. And I'm like, everybody, feel, I don't want to make people feel guilty, but everybody always seems to when they answer that. It's so funny. <laughs> um, second question. What is the last book that you read? Last book I read, I'm going to blank on the author, but it's called stranger in the house. And if you're into kind of thrillers or mysteries, it's a really, really good, um, 
I guess a murder mystery, you know, someone does die. So I guess it is a murder mystery, but it, um, it's really intense and it, it definitely had me on a, a lot of twists and turns that I was not expecting. And it ended very differently than I was expecting. So if you are into those types of books, would highly recommend. That's awesome. I love a good thriller. So I'll definitely have to check that one out. Uh, what is one thing that you recommend to everybody? So it can be anything you want, an item, a product, a service, but what's one thing that you absolutely swear by? One thing I absolutely swear by, I don't know if I can say this, but CBD oil, and I know it's kind of like this new popular thing, and what is this? But it is all natural, non-THC, just amazingness and it's helped me so much to one get off of anxiety medication and two just be able to live this really full life where I'm not feeling like I'm trapped in anxiety so that would be my recommendation for sure I'm sure that there's somebody listening who's going to be like oh yeah I love CBD oil so that's awesome Uh, last question what is either your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you have ever been given I think I would have to say, and this is going to sound so simple, but it actually saved me this morning. And it was, you know, take a deep breath. You're going to get it all done. Because I know for myself, I do work full time. I manage my clients full time and I have a lot on my plate and just getting out of my head and remembering to take a deep breath. I do the whole breathe in for five, hold for seven, breathe out for eight thing. And that changes the total like dynamic of my day. I'm not so stressed. And I know there's never been a time in my life where I haven't been able to get everything done that's on my to-do list or on my plate. So not letting myself freak out, you know, just taking that deep breath, remembering I can be calm and just get it all done. I love that. Like you said, it's so simple, but it's so good because I mean, I could use that today. (laughs) For sure. Like this week, I'm like, yeah, okay. I could definitely use that advice. So that's perfect. I love it. Um, so tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website, your social media? Where do you want them to look you up? Yeah, I try and keep it pretty consistent for you guys. My full name is Rachel Simone Gilliam. That's S-Y-M-O-N-E. So my Instagram handle is Rachel Simone Gilliam. My website's rachelsimonegilliam.com. Those are the main places that you can find me. So let's be internet friends. Perfect. Well, Rachel, like I said before, I feel like this was a really great conversation, really helpful tips and advice on a topic that I know is driving a lot of entrepreneurs crazy. So Thank you so much for just coming on and and sharing a little bit of your time and a little bit of your expertise in this area. Yeah, it was truly my joy. If you can't tell, uh, this is is my thing. I'm really passionate about it. So I was happy to share a little bit. Well, ladies, that's it for this time. But don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. 
I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.